0: atmosphere church podcast on behalf of all of us here at atmosphere thank you for downloading or streaming this service we pray that it will touch your heart and change your life in addition to bringing you today's service we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can if you need prayer or just someone to talk with please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church someone from our team will be sure to connect with you We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message.
1: We're in a series called Level Up, and I know some of you, you made some goals as you changed the calendar from 2019 to 2020. You even branded it that this is your year. And I thought this is a great time To roll out this conversation found in the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, we want to just look at that scripture together and just continue to unpack it because I believe what you find in this passage is exactly what you need to level up with your faith, to become that guy or that girl that God has created you and called you to be. So let me pray this. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, God, for the transformation that you're doing in all of us. And we thank you in advance for how you're going to use today's message to speak directly into our lives in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said... Amen. We're going to look together here. We're going to look at uh, starting at verse 3. It says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory in excellence. So what Peter's saying here is that we have a supreme potential of who we should be and who we could be because God is living on the inside of us. Now let's jump to verse five. It says, in view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises, supplement your faith with the generous provision of moral excellence. That's what we talked about last week. And moral excellence with knowledge and with knowledge self-control. The more you grow like this, verse 8, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have the capacity, Peter's saying, to be more and to do more. In other words, there's room for more in your life. Can you just tell three people around you, there's room for more in my life? Tell three people there's room for more in my life, there's room for more. Say, Pastor, I don't know about my time, but definitely in my soul, there's room for more, definitely more faith and more God. Well, last week I told you we were only able to really talk about one of these supplements, one of these ingredients that that Peter's given us and remember we're looking at these like supplements at the vitamin store and you all have seen the vitamin section at the grocery store or sprouts or Whole Foods wherever you shop and you you have these supplements and there are supplements for every body part on your body I got overwhelmed just thinking like I, I couldn't sleep for like a couple of weeks in a row. And I was like, man, there's got to be like some kind of like natural product to kind of help sleep. And I was overwhelmed how much product is out there for everything. But we want to talk about the supplements that God has revealed to us through this letter that Peter writes to help us level up with our faith. So we took this supplement called moral excellence last week. Today, we're going to try to tackle two, hopefully time will be our friend, and we'll be able to cover both of them. But we want to talk about knowledge and self-control. Knowledge and self-control. So first, let's talk about knowledge. Knowledge is, in the Greek language, this is the word gnosis. This is the the facts about God. This is the Wikipedia version of God. Who God is, what God is all about. Now, the Oxford Dictionary, this is interesting, defines uh, knowledge like this. It says, facts, information. And skills acquired through experience or education. I like that because really true knowledge comes from both of those camps, don't they? They come from education, they come from experience. The education part, this is this is the University of Southern California part, or university, I don't really like USC, but let's say the University of Oklahoma. Let's let's go there. Definitely not the University of Texas. Um but, but this is this is the, the university aspect, this is the this is the scholarly, this is you know the the academia part. But then there's experience. I call this the School of Hard Knocks or the University of Hard Knocks. How many are still enrolled in that university? Come on, all of us are. Been enrolled there for decades now. And I still, I still am going through it. But it's important for us to cover both because what I've seen in the church world is that you have you have Christians that are out of balance. You have some Christians that are all about the education. And so these are the Christians that can, you know, quote Bible verses, that can tell you the Greek and the Hebrew. They can tell you every theological, you know, position that anybody has and every denomination has. But you just kind of start talking to them, and they're full of head knowledge, but they're not living it out practically speaking. And people like that that I've run into and that I've kind of gotten acquainted with, they tend to be more legalistic in nature. Not, I don't want to, you know, paint with a broad paintbrush, but have you met Christians like this? It's just it doesn't matter the, the whole idea of relationship. It's all about facts, and if you are out of outside of how they view the Bible, it's like, you know, they get upset and they get legalistic on you. But then I've seen people get out of balance the other way, and they're all about experience and not about the education. I call these the ooey-gooey Christians. It's just like, I just want to feel the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm all about the Holy Spirit. Don't get me wrong. Some of you that don't know me, I mean, I believe wholeheartedly that you shouldn't live one day without letting the Holy Spirit lead your life. But you always have to back up the Spirit of God with the Word of God. Or else what does it do? It puts you in dangerous grounds to start believing things that have no no real biblical backing. And I've seen movements get off track because they put more emphasis on the experience than they do on the education. What we want to do here at Atmosphere Church is we want to create a balance of knowledge. We want to create a a place of education and we want to create a place of experience. We want both because we believe the Bible has been given to us not just for information but really for transformation. D.L. Moody, I'm going to kind of go out of line, but D.L. Moody said it this way, and I love this quote if I can go out of order and mix things up, but it says the Bible was not given to us to increase our knowledge but to change our lives. So we want to look at the Bible. Through that lens. There's knowledge there that is to help us know and understand God more, but it's also there to change our life and for us to really experience everything that God wants to give us. Now, let's talk about this first one, the education part. Write this down, education, because really, the Bible, it's our instruction manual. Now, I'm a typical guy, and I'll open a box and say, instructions, I don't need no stinking instructions, I have it all in my mind. I know how to figure this out. And then there's always bolts and things left over going, uh, I, guess, I guess they gave me leftover parts. I don't know. <laughs> but, but see, the Bible, and, and I don't want to come off cheesy, but the Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving Earth. It, it's, it's our instruction manual on how to be a human. I mean, who knows us better than our Creator? who formed us and knitted us together, Scripture says, while we were in our mother's womb. He knows you better than anybody. And so it would be wise for us to take note on what our manufacturer, what our Creator has said about our human life and start following how He says we should live. Listen to what Jesus says. This came up in our devotions this week. If you follow along our Bible reading cards, it says in John chapter 8, it says, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and check this out, and the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. So it's, it's one thing to just like be in the word, but Jesus is saying those who continue, that are repeatedly letting the word dictate to them on how they are to live their life. He says those are the ones that experience truth that actually makes them free of anything in this world that wants to get you into captivity. The word of God has the power and the capacity to make you free if you continue in it. And I love how Psalm 119 talks about the word of God. I mean, I I, I, want to give you a homework assignment this week. I know I do that a lot here. How many did the homework assignment and passed out your your uh, little uh, verse card this week to somebody. How many got a nudge from the Spirit and you gave that away to somebody? Isn't that fun? Keep doing that. We have more cards in the back. You can do that again. But I challenge you this week, go back and read Psalm 119. It's a celebration of the Word of God. The whole Psalm is. It's, It's an amazing Psalm. But I love what it says in verse 105. It says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you want a clarity of direction for your life, then I commend you to practice being in the Word on a regular basis. Why? Because every day, God wants a shine, a flashlight at your feet so that you won't stumble in this world and so that you will have a clear path towards the destination that He has for your life. But I like my friend Corey Murphy. He says, I love how this verse says that it's a lamp to my feet. Because so many of us want the Google Earth version of our life, right? We want to know what has God up to five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And God's saying, no, no, no. I-, I want to tell you what I'm doing right now so that you will be not only dependent to come to me daily, but that you won't get ahead of me and get yourself into trouble. How many have the experience from the University of Hard Knocks because you got ahead of God? Can I give you a word this morning? Stop getting ahead of God. Let his word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path, and you will stumble a lot less, and you will have a, a, a clear picture of the direction that God is leading your life. Romans 10, 17, it says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. The emphasis is the word of Christ. The logos, the rhema, the the written word, the personal words. I call them the heavy revvies that God has to help you in whatever it is that you're going through. God wants to level you up with your faith by letting you attach yourself to his word. And the more you're attached to his word, the more faith he's drumming up so that you will live the life that he's created you and called you to live. So the question is, How do I level up with this knowledge? How do I add this supplement to my life? Well, it's really easy because most of us have access to a Bible that is simply a discipline that you get yourself into the Bible on a regular basis. Now, I know as a church, we put an emphasis on the word of God. But if the only time that you're getting in the Word of God is on Sunday, then you are going to be majorly deficient for leveling up to the level that God wants you to live at. It's going to be very difficult for you to reach your more if only on Sundays you're getting the Word of God. This is why we give you that Bible reading card. We want to give you a Bible reading plan to help you level up with your faith. Because we believe that the more that you're in the Bible, the more you are learning about God and, and who he is and what he's up to with your life. The word of God is so amazing to me. I can read the gospel of John chapter eight and be like, well, this speaks to me. And then go back a week later and read the same chapter and I get a completely different revelation. Something else will just pop out of the page. That's why we call it the living word. Because every time you're in it, God has something new to show you and to walk you through. And every time you're in the Word, you're going through a different situation in your life. And God, through His Spirit living in you, has the capacity to take His Word, His written Word, and apply it directly into the situation that you're currently going through. I love this Bible that came out probably, I don't know, maybe a decade or so ago. It's called the Life Application Bible. How many own one of these? Yeah, a lot of you do. I can't uh, sell this Bible enough. And, and I used to sell Bibles in college. I, I worked at a Christian bookstore. There, there used to be these things called Christian bookstores, and now Amazon has taken over everything. Actually, I found one. There is one in Camarillo owned by this sweet older couple. I love these guys. So you go to Camarillo and go to a Christian bookstore. And, and, and I, I bought this life application Bible years ago, and what I loved about it is that sometimes, I'm like you, I'm reading something, and I just, I want to go deeper with it, or sometimes I'm reading it going, what, what does that really mean? And the Life Application Bible, a lot of you can't read this, but they have commentaries on the bottom of the page that will help you understand what the text is saying and help you better understand how to apply it to your life. Because I, I've been reading sometimes, and I'm like, man, I just want another pastor with me to help me, like, unpack this, I don't know how many of you wanted to text me during a Bible study, and go, I wonder what Pastor Jim has to say about this word, or, or Pastor Phil, or or you know, somebody else that I know that knows the Bible better than I do. This is your like personal Bible scholar assistant that's that's reading along with you that can help you understand the text better than if you were just like reading scripture without the help. It's just really good. It's a great resource. Why wouldn't you want one of these study Bibles? And so here's, here's the deal. We had a donor that bought a couple of cases of these books. Now, they're, they're pretty expensive. They're 30, 40 bucks. But let me tell you, it will revolutionize how you study the Bible. So I encourage you after service, I think there's still some left. Uh, see, the advantage of coming to the early service you get first dibs on all the goodies, all right? So they may be tapped out. Jonathan, is there any more back there? Uh, he doesn't know. Um, so there, there could be, uh, but stop by the first, uh, first-time first guest booth. They had a couple cases out there. But if you can afford one on your own, get one on your own and sa- save the freebie for somebody that, that maybe need one uh, and can't afford one. So I, we want to... We want to equip you guys with the right kind of study Bible. It doesn't just have to be the life application study Bible. That's just personally something that has helped my life and helped me study the Bible more effectively and apply it to my life. So that's, you know, reading the scriptures, you know, every day, getting in the Bible every day. Here's another thing we want to give you is just to emphasize the life groups. Because what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going in people's homes during the week. And we're gonna be going deeper into some of the verses that we're covering on Sunday morning, and we're gonna be able to really unpack them with the context of everybody's life situations. It's, it's a beautiful thing to sit in a circle and to really talk about the word of God. It will help you understand God on a whole new level. Here's the third way that we level up with our, our education knowledge. is There are so many great Christian living books that have been written by godly people. And I couldn't begin to, to tell you a list, an extensive list of books that I endorse and I think are great and will help you in whatever situations that you're facing right now. But one of the books that really helped me sink my my spiritual teeth in, into my faith was a book written years and decades ago called Mere Christianity by this guy named C.S. Lewis. How many have read that book in, in your life? It's a great book. And I highly recommend. You just gotta get over the old language, he likes to call people chop. Hey, chop, you know? I like to call people dudes and bros. So if I wrote the book, it'd be called dudes and bros. But if you get past the old language like that, that is awesome. Uh, Another great book written by uh, a pastor that was in the area for a long time, Francis Chan, is called Crazy Love. You really want to understand like what this Looks like when, when you really step into a relationship with God where you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, read that book. But again, those are just like two books I can throw at you. You can feel free to maybe hit me up later after church. I, I can give you some more books. Um, I'm, I'm looking at Jeff Buckley right now, man. If you want to know some something about books, man, I've been to his house, man. He's got like bookshelves of books. So you talk to Jeff and wave at us, Jeff, so everyone can see you like He's the book guru right there, man. You talk to him. But get yourself a good book. One of my goals for this year, I like to create goals every year. One of my goals this year was to read 12 books in 12 months. Just on practical Christian living material written by some godly guys, I I think it will help you with your knowledge of who God is and what God is up to in your life. Here's the second part, and this is the experiences part. See, some of you, you've studied the word, you've done a lot of things, but you really haven't taken that next step and started experiencing God and who he is and what he's all about in your own life. And there's some people, no matter how much academia you give them about proving God, there's just some people that'll be like, I'm not going to believe you until I see it actually lived out and effective in my life. It's show me or shut up kind of mentality. And let me tell you, I've been living this life for decades and I'm here to declare to you that the Bible is real, not just because this book tells me so, but because I have seen it lived out in my own faith, in my own life. I I like to say it this way. It's difficult to have an experience unless you're willing to experiment. Can I say that one more time? It's difficult to have an experience unless you're willing to experiment. The Bible's full of these stories about if you really have a situation going on that you're going through a lot, if you give it over to God, God will intervene and he will change the course of those circumstances. If you really believe that, then you are going to take that thing to prayer and you're going to continue to take that to prayer and you're going to believe that God is going to do something with that circumstance that you couldn't do on your own. Let me tell you, I've done this more times than I can count. I just had a situation last week that I'm praying through and saying, God, I'm giving this to you. And I already saw a breakthrough in that situation after praying over it for a week. There's a reason the Bible tells us to live certain ways because God is trying to help your life. He's saying, I want to get involved, but I want to partner with you, so I'm a gentleman. I'm not going to get involved unless you invite me to get involved in that situation. I'm speaking in somebody's heart right now. Get God more involved in that situation. Instead of getting so depressed and discouraged over it, give it over to God, and then watch God move mountains for your life. Come on, somebody. That's a word for 11 a.m., 9 a.m. They didn't get that. That's for you. Man, I'm, I'm telling you, the first time I had somebody on the phone as, a, as an intern pastor, I'll never forget this day. I'm on the phone, and it's just a cold call. Some lady, you know, she sounded young. She's in trouble. She wanted prayer. She's running with a group of people that she feels like are endangering her life. And I said, well, let me pray for you. And I start praying for her, and she starts growling at me. I was like, what's going on? And then I remember going, okay, wait a minute. Jesus had encounters with people that would manifest demon spirits. And and my pastor at the time, he was telling me stories where he ran into people possessed by demon spirits. And and, and he would do deliverances on them. And I'm thinking to myself as a 20-year-old intern pastor going, is this my first deliverance? (laughs) So this sounds sick, but I was all excited. So I said, in Jesus' name. And as soon as I said that, I could hear this agony on the other line, on, on the other end of the phone. We ended up making a connection with her. Three of our leaders got together, and we prayed over her in person. And let me tell you, if she didn't have a demon inside of her, she needs an Academy Award for acting because it was so crazy. I mean, her whole face distorted. Everything you read in the Bible, I'm like, it's happening right now! But don't, don't like go and look for that, all right? Because it was a lot. Afterwards, I was like, I don't know if I ever want to experience that again. But you know what? The Bible talks about people being possessed by demons. I've I've experienced people being possessed by demons and seeing them delivered just like Jesus delivered. I've seen people be healed. Just like in the Bible, you read about how people are healed. But I'm telling you, you have to get yourself uncomfortable to start walking in experiences where you have your own God stories. Where, where you can say, honestly, if tomorrow a, a statement came out and the, the authenticity of Scripture was was completely uh, undone, that, that the Bible was, was found out to be a sham or whatever, and I don't mean to sound blasphemous or whatever, because that wouldn't happen, but just for the sake of this illustration, if that happened, I have enough experiences... To tell me, regardless of what science says, regardless of what academia says, the Bible is real because I've seen it lived out in my own life. And that's what God wants you living with. He doesn't want you just reading a book. He wants you experiencing his book. He wants you experiencing his gospel every single day that you live. I like how James says it in James chapter one. It says, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides in it, that means he remains in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. See, we have an identity problem, and when you're not applying the word of God to your experiences, then you can forget who you really are, that you belong to Christ, and he lives in you. How do you know that you're adding knowledge to your faith? There's, there's two things that you're gonna see. Knowledge of God produces power. If, you're re- if you know that you're really adding the knowledge, the gnosis of God to your life, you're going to see a new level of power moving from your life. You're going to see the power to make you free of things that maybe have held you captive for years or decades. You're going to see a freedom for your soul. You're going to see the power to walk in miracles. You're going to be able to see that God got involved in situations and he changed the outcome of it because you knew God. The power to endure the opposition that's coming against your life. So many people are tapping out because they're not tapping in to the greatness and and the glory of God. And so the more that you're in the word, guess what? Every time I'm discouraged and I read something in the Bible, guess what? It it encourages my soul. It it helps me to keep going. Some of you, you barely made it to church today. But I applaud you for showing up. You want to know the key To continuing to go on, and I don't want to get ahead of myself because it's the next supplement we're going to cover. But it's the Word of God. He's going to give you the power to keep pressing in, even when all the opposition is is pressing against you. Number two is knowledge of God produces responsibility. That there's an accountability that you're feeling in your own life on how you're living life, that affects lifestyle that you you feel like as you get to know God more and you know what God is all about, now all of a sudden you're like, I I don't want to live like I I was living because I I know too much about God and, and what he has for my future. And so you start kind of checking yourself. I love that same Psalm 119 that we covered earlier. Verse 11 says it this way. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The knowledge of God produces a new level of holiness so that you will desire to be set apart from all of the ways that people in this world are living. It's going to give you the ability to swim upstream, to go against the flow, to govern your life on a whole new level, to say, you know what? Everybody else is doing that, but I'm not doing it because God has something even better for me, and his word has declared it for my soul. So, so that's what we're talking about, and it's a great segue into the second supplement we want to talk about this morning, and that is... Self-control. Self-control. In the Greek language, the the word discipline and self-control mean very similar things. And it's interesting that the word disciple and discipline are made from the same root word. So if you are to be a disciple of Jesus, if you are to be a follower of Jesus, a learner, a pupil of Jesus, then discipline is going to be part of your faith. And I love what Peter saying here. You need, you need to add self-control. You need to take this supplement. Because not only is Peter saying this is a supplement for your faith, Paul says it's a gift of the Spirit. So you may look at yourself and say, I'm not a very disciplined person, Pastor. Guess what? It doesn't matter. Because God has put everything inside of you that you need in order to be the disciplined person that you're not on your own power. Because not only is it a supplement for your faith, it is a gift of the Spirit. Now, as you think about this, when, when you start looking at the inner man and when you start putting boundaries, it, 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 as you start building and erecting walls around your life, I, I say it this way, when we have strong discipline and self-control, it builds our inner man. And when we have a strong inner man, we're able to produce a strong outer man. This is how discipline or self-control works. God says you can have this because I've already given it to you. One of my favorite Proverbs is Proverbs 25, verse 28. It says, like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. See, we all have desires and passions and impulses that just seem to want to sabotage our future. That if we completely give ourselves over to these impulses and desires and passions, we know because maybe even it's happened before. We've kind of dove in that direction before. We're like, no way, man. That, that created all kinds of trouble and drama for my life. Like, I know I'm better off by keeping that stuff outside of my life. So what the proverb here is telling us is that when you build up walls in your life, it's like the ancient cities used to do. That when the enemy would come and think about sneaking in and attacking a town or a village or a city, they thought twice if they saw these strong fortified walls and gates shut up going, there's no way we're going to be able to penetrate that city, so we just need to keep on going. The enemy is seeking places in your life to work his way in so that you will never reach the potential of what God has called and created you to reach. He's looking for those ways. And that's a shocker for some of you going, I have an enemy? You do. And that's kind of like, that's not fun to think about that we have an enemy that doesn't want to see us succeed, right? Some of you, unfortunately, have had people in your life that have been your real enemy. And they've sat quietly on the sideline and cheered your failures and celebrated your defeats. And it's not fun to have people like that in your life But the Bible tells us we have an adversary. We we have this accuser of the brethren. We have this, this force, this principality that doesn't want to see you become that guy or that girl that God has created you and called you to be. He's wanting your failure. He's wanting your defeat. He doesn't want you to walk in the miracles that God wants you to walk in. He doesn't want the breakthrough to happen for you and your family. And he's going to try every means necessary to make sure that happens. And one of the biggest ways he moves against our life are through those same desires, passions, and impulses. It's like he amplifies those things sometimes. And what Peter's telling us is that discipline and self-control builds up boundaries to keep the enemy from sneaking in and sabotaging our futures the Apostle Paul, he calls this our flesh. He says, when, when the enemy is able to get in and start working through these desires and, and, and these passions that all of us have, and he starts working those things over, he says, that's your flesh. And he says, your flesh is at war with the Spirit of God that's in you. They're fighting all the time. The struggle is real. And, and you can wake up tomorrow after having a glorious, powerful, spiritual day today, and that battle is on like Donkey Kong. You're like, well, I thought I was over this stuff. No, he's still there. He's still raging. He's still coming against those desires and passions and impulses. We all deal with it. We all struggle with it. But these walls of self-control, these walls of discipline help us have more victories in our life because the enemy when he's passing by our life he's like don't mess with her don't mess with him because there ain't no way in might as well just keep on going that flesh is there and he's real that flesh is that part of you that says i want three bowls of ice cream i'm gonna eat three bowls of ice cream that flesh is saying i'm gonna spend money even though i know my checking account doesn't have it that's what visa Mastercard's all about yeah cha-ching The flesh is that part of you that when somebody says something, is so offended. I'm going, I'll friend (laughs) you. That that flesh is that part of you that just is looking to start an argument with somebody. The flesh is that part of you that just doesn't want to go and do. and just wants to sit there and be lazy. It, It wants you to believe that self-control and self-discipline is a bad thing. And here's what I've seen even within the last decade uh, of the church is, is the church is getting a little sloppy on this. And, and I believe that the church has allowed things in and, and, and we've allowed things in, but we gotta, we gotta be very careful. And I'm speaking to you that have been believers for a while. We gotta be careful because the Bible says all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. Therefore, I shall be mastered by none. And there may be things that we're allowing into our life that aren't quote unquote sinful, but you know are leaving a gate open. And maybe things that we never intended to bring into our life are having their way in our life because we left that gate open. This is a message for all of us as we're thinking about this, as we're evaluating like how can I add more self-control, more discipline to my life? It's interesting to note, too, that within Satanism as a cult, their mantra is live life without restraint. So their whole mentality is, if you want to experience the best kind of life, don't ever tell yourself no. And there are people, you've met them, that don't tell themselves no. And then all of a sudden, they, they're, they're reaping the consequences of that. Let me tell you, telling yourself no can be the best thing that you've ever done for your life. And some of you, you don't like being told no. That's a different sermon. (laughs) Sometimes you need to be told no. Turn to your neighbor and say, no. You need to be told no. I don't know why I think of it. No soup for you. Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It says... A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly withers. But we run, speaking about our spiritual race, our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. For that reason, I don't run just for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches, but I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. See, athletes understand the principle of discipline and self-control. If you want to achieve victory, then erecting walls and closing gates is essential in order for you to succeed, to level up. See, we we gotta stop looking at discipline and self-control as our enemies and start acknowledging them as our weapons. Your self control, your self discipline is your weapon. It's your tools that God has given you so that you can achieve the potential that he's already placed inside of you to work out what he's already worked in. Discipline says, I'm not going to sit on the couch and watch another TV show. I want to be productive. I want to be a conduit of heaven, and I want to love somebody. I want to reach out and call somebody and and text them and maybe go have coffee with them and, and be there for them. Discipline says, I'm budgeting my money because I have goals in my life I want to accomplish. I'm not going to buy that. I don't want to live in deficit. I want to live in the overflow. God hasn't called me to live with debt. He's called me to live in abundance. Discipline says, this is my body that God's given me. I'm going to take care of it. Let me tell you something. If I owned a Lamborghini, which I don't, but if I did, you think I'd be putting cheap gas in it? I'm going to be putting the best gas in it. Why? Because it's worth something. See, you've been given a body by God. And discipline says, take care of this possession that God's given you. What would God say about how we're taking care of our bodies with the diet and and things that we're doing? Discipline says, I can say something right now to level this person and start an argument, but I'm choosing not to. I'm I'm gonna just be quiet. I'm gonna bite my lip. How many of you married folk right now know that you've been in a situation before with your spouse and say, I can say something right now that is gonna start World War III in my house? I've got a little, I got a little fire. I can throw some gasoline on this thing and we are going to see the most epic inferno we've ever seen in our lives. But discipline says, Mm-mm. pray about it, get over it. Cause here's the thing. If you discipline yourself, if, if you have self-control and I'm way over time, but, but band, come on up. If you do this, if you do this, here's the promise it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, it says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. How many say amen to that, right? Later on, though, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. It says discipline produces a harvest in your life. It, it does something for you. See, what you need to know is a harvest happens later on. With discipline and self-control, we need to think more about the later on than the right now. Your flesh wants to think about the right now. Discipline thinks about the later on. And, and if, you, if you add discipline and self-control to your life, you're gonna level up. You're gonna come into a new place that there's gonna be a harvest for your future. But as we, as we just close our time together, I know this can be overwhelming because you, you're looking at your life and go, man, I just there's so many areas that, that I need to fortify and so many gates that need to be closed. I know we can be overwhelmed by this, but I just want you to think about one, maybe even two. Two areas of your life that is are speaking this message. The Holy Spirit is just already speaking to you about it. Maybe there's some friendships that you've allowed in your life that, that's keeping some gates open maybe there's some things that that you're doing that that's knocking some walls in allowing enemy access to who you are and the future that you have i i want you to just think about that one or two areas and would you stand with me we're just going to pray the communion table is going to be open and and we're going to we're going to take this thing to god because we're all fighting a battle i don't know what your battle is i don't know the things that you're fighting but god is here and he wants to help you fight that battle. He's given you these supplements to level you up so that you can find your victory. You can have your breakthrough. But you got to take an inventory. How do I need to grow more knowledge? How, how do I need to have more self control discipline in my life? Father, as we just worship with the song, God, let your Holy Spirit bring us revelation. Ways that we need to fortify the walls of our lives, to close some gates. God, to help us level up in our knowledge of not just our education, but God, our experience. Help us to be bold people, courageous people, to step out and experiment with the faith that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart would you take a moment and share it with your friends you can connect with us on spotify itunes podcast facebook twitter and instagram simply do a search for atmosphere church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons it's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you if you live in the southern california area we would love to invite you to be part of our family For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you, and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.